and welcome to another edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Facebook Live. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. What's up, Greg? Oh, not much. Just trying to get rid of that, that little fly around me. So, yeah, so, you know, we're here talking about Monday Night Raw. Like I said earlier, there's really not much going on for uh, Extreme Rules, which is October 8th. They really don't have anything lined up yet because we got a long way to go for that. So, hopefully they'll, uh, they'll line up some good matches and have some uh, stipulations in some of the matches and, you know, see what WWE is going to do. So, uh, whenever you're ready, we can go over the matches for Monday Night Raw. All right. Um, Well, Monday Night Raw opened up in typical Vince McMahon era um, with an in-ring promo. Sorry, hold on. I got to fix this fucking chair. It's going to piss me off. All right. There we go. Um. What? I said okay. Okay. Um, well, no. The way I was sitting, my wheels were sideways, so I was—I couldn't. It wouldn't sit still, so I had to roll back to roll forward to get it to be straight. Oh, okay. So now I won't roll around while I'm just sitting here. Um. So it opened up with an Edge in-ring promo. Um. You want to go first, or? Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. Okay. Um, Edge came down, was cutting a promo, uh, not even really a promo, but demanded that Dominic come down, and, uh, instead of Dominic coming down, Ray came down at first, and was kind of, you know, let me talk to him, let me talk to him, and Edge was like, no, he's old enough to make his own decisions, He's old enough to do this, old enough to do that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then you heard Rhea Ripley's music start, and Rhea Ripley came out, and I don't know, Dominic imitating Dog the Bounty Hunter is the best thing I could say, with the way his hair was slicked back and he had the long jacket. Um, I, all I needed was the sunglasses, and he would have been a Mexican version of Dog the Bounty Hunter. Right. Um, came down, there was a little confrontation, and this and that, and... I mean... If not for the fact that Edge started off this promo... I, I would... I, I, the, the spot would have been totally horrible. I mean... Is Rhea Ripley bad on the mic? No. Is she really good? No. Um, Ray trying to, to stop things. And then, of course, the rest of Judgment Day um, attacks Edge. And then Dominic chop blocks him in the knee when Edge just looks like he's getting ready to get over on him and blah, blah, blah. It was same old, same old ring promo. First 10 minutes of the show. Didn't care for it all. I gave it a D plus. Okay. 
Yeah, I, um, I definitely agree. You know, it was old Vince McMahon style. Edge, Edge always cuts a great promo. The thing with Dominic, though, is kind of, I don't know, that just, to me, it's kind of, you know, foolish. He didn't say nothing. He just walked out there like, you know, oh, they're, they're not going to have him say anything. And then, like you say, cop blocks Edge, and now next week he's got a match against Edge, which we probably know is going to be. The other guys from uh, Judgment Day as well, because they're going to stick their nose in. Rhea Ripley, yeah, she's about 50% on the mic, I would say. Maybe 60%. She's really not that good. And uh, I'm going to go one lower, and I'm going to give it a D-. minus. Okay. I mean, if it wasn't for Edge, I just wouldn't have probably watched the promo. Now, is it is it just me, or did they... I don't know, when they'd taken so long to pull the trigger on Dominic joining Judgment Day, when I don't think he's worthy of being in Judgment Day. I don't see why he would be in Judgment Day. So I was kind of, okay, Triple H is now in charge. Maybe they've just scrapped this storyline. So, in, in I don't know, in my opinion, I think it's it's too late for... This whole storyline, it's its like the storyline was done with the Mysterios and Judgment Day. I, yep. I don't know if you agree or not. Well, I definitely 100% agree. I mean, if they were gonna have, if he was going to join, why didn't he join earlier? You know, right in the middle of the feud or in the beginning of the feud. Once that last match that they had, that I knew of that they had, was done, like you said, I thought it would go over from there. Okay. And I, guess, I, I thought guess it was, I thought maybe you. thought maybe it'd just been me, but <clears throat> nope, I agree with you. Okay, uh, Mike Venable, thanks for tuning in. I already got the event written down. Thank you. Okay, then we got to the first match of the night, which was announced as a fatal four-way um, to determine the next contender. For the Usos and the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions. As it was the New Day versus Los Lotharios versus the Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. I, I thought this match started out pretty good. What I like about these Fatal 4-Way Tag Teams is you don't have to tag your own partner. You can tag anybody else and they'll come in. And they... I've never seen that. Never seen that no. happen before. Nope. No. Never seen okay. that happen before. Alrighty, and uh, you know the match was going along real well, and who pops up? Braun Strowman comes in, clears out the whole crew. No finish to the match. I don't know if they're gonna have a rematch on Monday to to determine uh, the number one contender. But I think if the match had finished, I think it would have probably came down to the Street Profits in the New Day to see who would have. Uh, Sorry, sorry. The thought of either of those tag teams wrestling Usos again just almost put me to sleep mid-show. But do you think Los Lotharios would have uh, would be a good a good fit for the Usos or anybody other than New Day and and the Street Profits? Give me something new. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, this is. WWE 2.0. I mean, this is Triple H's WWE. Um, and 
from what I can grade the match from where before Strowman came out, I gave it uh, a C plus. After Strowman came out, it went right up to a B. Because I thought it was good seeing him. It was nice to, you know, that he came back. He made a, he made a comment uh, in the uh, backstage. You know, the monster among monsters is back, and I'll see you on Friday. So I'm definitely looking forward to that to see what show he's going to be on, and you know, is he going to do the same thing again on Friday night? So that was my grade: a C plus with the match and a B with Braun Strowman coming out. Okay. Um... I actually started to enjoy the match. Um, I mean, there was some really... I mean, once again, seeing both New Day members in the ring at the same time going up against each other, which I had never seen before, just a regular Fatal 4-Way match. Um, and then they you know, shook each other's hands like they were getting ready to go at it, and then Xavier Wood just goes down and Kofi Kingston goes to pin him and everybody breaks up the pin. Um, Montez Ford slamming Otis with ease, I mean, was impressive. Um, Dawkins, um, hitting that, like when the guy's up in the air and he, he hits him and they fly up in the air and Ford catches him and, and then does the back suplex. I mean, things that the Street Profits are doing in the ring are just are head and shoulders above everybody else. And, and they, I think, are distinguishing themselves as the top tag team after the Usos. But we just saw a three-month-long feud between the two of them. It's time for something different. Um, then, out of nowhere, Chad Gable's in the middle of the ring... Um, I forgot who he was with getting ready. I think it was Dawkins who was getting ready to put in the uh, ankle lock. And then Braun Strowman's music hits. He comes comes down, um, clears the two guys out of the ring, starts beating up some of the other guys. Got a decent pop from the crowd. Um, I don't... I mean, I know obviously different size crowds, SummerSlam versus... Kansas City, um, but I think the ovation for Johnny Gargano was louder, um, I think the initial reaction, not at SummerSlam, but Monday Night Raw for Bailey and the girls was louder, um, it, it didn't seem like a crazy, insane pop, yeah, people were, you know, excited, and then he did his whole... This, and, and I was saying to myself, oh God, please, not the train sound effect. Not the train sound effect, which they did not use. Right. But then he started to go and he tripped. Made himself look like, I don't know if you saw it, camera kind of showed it a little bit. But he tripped after he was going to knock down the first person. Lost all kind of steam in that thing for me. You know, power slamming Dawkins, doing this, doing that. Um... I'm going to give the whole thing, including Braun Strowman, a C plus because the whole thing with Braun Strowman coming back was okay, so he could beat up eight guys, um, each individually, because it's not like all eight guys were ever in the ring at the same time. I don't think there are more than two guys in the ring at any single time. 
So I'm going to give the whole thing a C plus. Okay. Then after that, we went to a um, a women's tag team match <clears throat> where it was the champions, Ali and Raquel Rodriguez, taking on Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. Um, but it was interesting that just after Braun Strowman makes his appearance, the very next match has his girlfriend, Raquel Rodriguez, in the match. Um... I think this is kind of one of the reasons why we will see Braun... I mean, you could see Braun Strowman either on either brand, really, because the champions can go to either brand. Um, but I thought it was interesting seeing Aaliyah and, Ra and Raquel, who are SmackDown. But once again, the, the women's tag teams, they can go wherever they want. Um, and the match was just okay. Um, once again, I mean... Aaliyah didn't do much, and it was actually brought up by the commentators that she really didn't do much throughout the entire tournament, and especially in the finals. Um, and I don't remember if the little backstage thing with Damon Control was before the match, or if they just showed them watching the match. Um... I think they just showed him watching the match. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Um, but that's right, because they, they actually came out to the ring. That's right. Later on in the show, they came out to the ring. Anyways, okay. Um, but, I mean, Raquel taking Dewdrop off the top rope and giving her the Tejada Slam. Eh, okay, it would have been more impressive if she was actually able to pick her up. It was just a... I mean, the perfect word for this match was meh. You know, I gave it a C minus. Okay. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but <clears throat> I noticed it as well that when they rang the bell and the match was starting, Raquel Rodriguez started off the match and Aaliyah jumped off the ring apron onto the floor. I don't know if she was if she was going out there to say something to to somebody or. She maybe she would, you know, maybe point her direction in Bailey at Bailey, but it seemed like she jumped off the ring apron down to the floor to let Raquel Rodriguez do most of the work. It could have been me. I don't know. I, that's what I thought I saw. But I didn't but, see Aaliyah start. I, I I mean I didn't see Raquel start. I saw Aaliyah start. Or Aaliyah. I mean, excuse me. Aaliyah. And she had that little T-shirt top thing on that she ripped off and then went over to the side of the ring. And threw it into the crowd. I don't know if maybe that's what you're referring to. Okay, yep. And then she wasn't in for that long, and then Raquel came in. And, but, yeah, I mean, like you said with, uh, with Raquel Rodriguez, I mean, she's obviously the strongest one in the team, on the team, strongest one in the match. The Tejada bomb was, well, it was all right. Like you said, it would have been more impressive if she had picked her up and slammed her. But... I mean, Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop, I, I really have no clue what they're going to do with them. I gave the match a D. Okay. Um, I know there was another backstage segment that they were talking. Maybe it was the damage control. I'm not, I don't 100% remember. Um, I didn't see it. I, I saw a video of it pointed out 
where once again Nikki Ash and Dujop were backstage arguing, and Nikki Ash threw her mask at Dewdrop. Um So I'll, I'll I'll have a little bit more about that in uh, kind of to lead off Nuggies news, anyways. Um, okay. <clears throat> after this, we then had um, Austin Theory come out to the ring to give a promo. Um, basically, despite you know about despite failing to cash in this past weekend. He still plans on becoming the champion. Um, and then Kevin Owens came down, which then turned into a match between Austin Theory and Kevin Owens. Okay. I, I thought this was a pretty good match. I mean, I like I like the way Kevin Owens went back to his old ways. Um, he's, you know, the, the fight Owens fight, the Kevin Owens show. The, well, I mean, well, always, he's always said the Kevin Owens show. Right. But, um, you know, the fight, Owens fight, and he seems a lot more aggressive now, and I was really surprised he got away, he, um, Austin Theory kind of, you know, had the, um, the stunner, it's like, I thought he was going to go give him the stunner, Dave was going to push him away, and, you know, but I thought it was a pretty decent match, Kevin Owens is, uh, he's hell-bent on getting another title match, and, I mean, with the way things have been going with him right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him in a main event title match a couple months down the road. I gave I gave the match a B minus. Okay. Um, I I I really enjoyed this match. It may have been my. I may have enjoyed this match even more than the main event of the match, <clears throat> um, of the night, I should say. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little phlegm in my throat. I I. I but in the in the promo part of it, um, I thought it was funny that Kevin Owens specifically pointed out <clears throat> to Theory that he got his name back and called him Austin Theory. I thought that was humorous, um, very comical. Um, I think with him going back to his, you know, prize fighter, Kevin Owens um, character, it, it allows him to be a little bit more vocally brutal in the ring. Because um, as a heel, you can get away with saying more of that stuff than... Uh, sorry, as a face, you can get away with saying more of that stuff than as a heel. Um, but one thing I can say about Theory is, I mean, he's he's just more impressive to me in the ring. Um, definitely getting really good on the mic. But he's got one of the best... I mean, he lands... One of the best drop kicks on the main roster of anyone. Um, Dolph Ziggler maybe being the only one that does better, but he's a 72-year veteran in the business now. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I actually gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, after that is when Bailey, Eosky, and Dakota Kai came out to give their promo. Um, declaring the intentions of Dakota and Io Sky winning the um, women's tag team titles. They were then confronted by Bianca Belair, um, who then challenged Bailey and, and kind of made it seem to me like she would have taken her on right then and there, even though she had her spiked high heels on, so you knew there wasn't going to be a, really a match anyways. Right. Um, and Bailey just graciously, you know, backed away. 
Um, at one point when she kind of walked to the other side of Bianca, leaving Dakota and Io behind Bianca, you thought maybe they were going to attack Bianca, but no. They just quietly left, um, leaving the focus on um, Damage Control's pursuit of the women's tag team belts. Um, I don't know how many more times I can say it, but Bailey's one of, if not the best women on the mic that WWE has. Um, she could turn any conversation into her to, you know, to fans to love to hate her, hate to love her. Um, Dakota, eh, okay. Eosky, still kind of Asuka-ish with the English. Um, but I think with Bailey leading them, it, it, they're, they're fine. Um, it reminds me of the old Paul Heyman days of Brock Lesnar, where Brock was in a 10-minute promo, would just have to speak for 38 seconds, and that's it, and it was fine. Um, Bianca, this is the one reason why I'm not, that I'm surprised she still held on the title as long as she has. Um, I, I could see her losing her title soon to, to Bailey because she's just not that stellar on the mic. And I think she needs to become a heel because heels don't need to be as good on the mic to be successful. Um, right. I gave the promo, the whole in-ring interaction, just a straight-up C. Okay. Um, I enjoy I enjoy listening to Bailey on the mic. She definitely, like I said, I definitely agree. She's definitely the best on the mic, regardless. Uh, they came out and talked about how next week they've got a women's tag team title match against uh, Rachel Gonzalez and Aaliyah. Hey, I remembered her name. Um, I... I think they're going to take the titles next week. And, uh, but then again, I'm sitting here thinking, well, if you're going to take the titles next week, why didn't they just put the titles on them in the tournament? But maybe they wanted to make, maybe they wanted to have it look like, you know, they're going to, they're going to end up winning it in a rematch or something. But I thought, um, and I agree with you with, with, um, Bianca. I think she's ready to lose her title. I gave uh, I gave the whole thing a C. Okay. Um, after that, we then had a match. It was Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest early tonight. Um, Rey Mysterio said he didn't care what member of Judgment Day it was. He wanted one of them in the ring. Um, and it wanted being Damian Priest against Rey Mysterio. Trib, what'd you think? Somebody was going to get involved, um, and that that always happens. I'm just saying, you know, let let the two guys go at it, see what kind of match they can really have. Keep the other ones in the back, but that won't happen because that's what builds up storylines. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good match. Ray seemed a, really just uh, distracted as, uh, as as well he should be, um, and. You know, when Damien came in and, you know, he got the win. Then Finn Balor came in and Dominic came in. Finn Balor came in with the chair. I thought he was going to give the chair to Dominic and have Dominic hit the old man with it. But that wasn't the case. So, 
And then um, we obviously knew that Edge wasn't going to be there for the save because of his knee. Right. But, um, but I, I thought it was a decent match. I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, my 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 first thing is I'm gonna a little um, rhetorical question um, in response to what you said uh, about it not being a fair fight or whatever. Um, why would you have a faction if the faction isn't going to be involved in every match? Well, and as as a heel faction, well, you're never going to get a one-on-one -on -one fair fight. Never. Right. Because you're always going to have the rest of the faction in yep. the corner. I mean, that it's just plain and simple. Um, and that's what will make the faction look, quote-unquote, stronger. Um because you know what, you can't come to the ring alone. Because if you do, it's well four on one, well three and a half on one. If you want to include Dominic, because he's about half of a wrestler, anyways. Um, but I did. I liked the match that we that we got. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I can't recall if Damian Priest has always worn like a vest like that. I, I thought he used to. Wear it to the ring, but he would take it off to wrestle. I, I could be wrong, but he appears to be getting more muscular definitiveness to me. He looks like he's getting more cut, especially right. when it looks like, you know, um, in the chest area. Um, it's kind of hard to tell the wrestler with that, the vest on that he was wearing, Um but he's definitely becoming a much more powerful entity. Somebody that, you know what, with the proper support and run could... I mean, maybe he could be a, a, a good challenger for Bobby Lashley and the United States title. Nope. Um, that would be good to see. But, I mean, I, I, like I said, I like I liked the match. I, I expected the outside interference, um, so I'm, I can't take away... Or add anything to the match because of it. So I'm going strictly on the match quality itself. And I gave it a B as in boy. Alrighty. After that, we then went to the main event of the evening. Which was um, The Miz being accompanied by um, Ciampa. Um, taking on Bobby Lashley in a steel cage match. Um, I think if if I looked at just the match, I was happier than I was with the pre quote unquote pre match beatdown that Chomp and the Miz gave Bobby Lashley. Um, the Miz attacking Lashley. Hitting him with the belt. Then the fight kind of came to the outside of the ring. And then the steel steps to his arm. And um, kudos to WWE for going to the picture and picture. Um, so you could see the remaining beatdown that they gave Lashley. So that when they came back from a commercial break, you understood why Bobby Lashley wasn't moving. Right. But for somebody that had their arm crushed between a set of steel steps and a ring post, 
He shouldn't have been able to use the arm at all, uh, let alone climb a steel cage. Eh. So that to me, some of that took away from what I saw in the actual match. Um, the Miz going to escape at the end, and as he's going down, Dexter Loomis is out looking out from under the ring. Okay. Where I mean, I know Ciampa had gotten hit by the steel cage door, so he couldn't be around to stop Dexter Loomis. But then the Miz climbs back in, gets beard, pinned, one, two, three. Dexter Loomis then comes in, and for some reason at that point, I, I guess the Miz forgot that, you know, he could run. He waited too long, and then Lashley closed the door, so the Miz was locked in the cage with Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis put him into some sleeper chokehold and then at the end of the match proceeded to pet the Miz like he was his little dog. Um, I would have given this a B plus in running for a best match of the night, but I can't. I got to take away a little bit to the early match beatdown, so I'm going to give this match just a B as in boy. All righty. Now, when the match, when Miz hit, Lashley with the belt. I really wasn't paying too much attention, but I thought the match had already started. No. And then the two of them dragged Bobby Lashley outside the ring, nope. and he's... I said, wait a minute. I said, Lashley already won the match. And both of his feet touched the ground first. The match never got and then started. I realized, then I realized the match hadn't started yet. Right. And, uh, you know, they continued to beat down. They put him in the ring. Lashley, you know, with, like you said, with the arm, he shouldn't have been able to use it. He goes and try and puts the... Uh, the hurt lock on him. They couldn't do it the first time, but the second time he got it up to to the ear. So, but I I thought it was um it was a good match. The Dexter Loomis thing was funny. I mean the, the look on his face, the look on the face of the Miz, and then when he got in the ring and gave him the his version of a sleeper hold, put him out. Then he started petting him like you said, you know, like the dog. I I laughed at that. I, I'm expecting to see a program. Between Miz and Dexter Loomis yeah. in the near future. Well, not the near future. I mean, pretty close. Um, but I think they're going to have to build it up a little bit more. And um, I, I gave it a B. Okay. So, overall thoughts? Overall thoughts? Ooh. It was, a, it was a, a decent Monday Night Raw. I mean, it wasn't great. It hadn't been... It wasn't really as exciting as the last couple, to me, were... Um, and I'm going to go with a grade of a, of a C plus for the whole show. That's exactly what I gave it, a C plus, a lower C plus. Um, it was, I mean, uh, like I said, the, the return of Braun, I think was a little underwhelming. Um, kind of interested. I'm not, I'm not excited. Um, I'm excited about seeing Johnny Gargano next week, as long as they don't have him wrestle like Akira Tozawa or Drew Gulak. I want him against a real opponent. Um, that I'm excited for, but I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Braun Strowman. Yep. Dave Pulaski's watching. Dave, thanks for tuning in. Uh, okay, so that was our Monday Night Raw recap. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it, but I know you're going to enjoy this more because this is the best part of the show. It is my favorite part, Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. Of course, of course it's Nuggies News time. It's bottom of the 11, bases loaded, no outs. <laughs> but let me, let me go back to what I have. Uh, um, all right. 
Um, I am going to start out with um, something I referenced, and that was Nikki A.S.H. Um, last couple Monday Night Raws, they've shown her and Dewdrop in the background, and yes, strike three. So now we have two outs to blow blow this eleventh inning. Um, and so there's just thoughts due to a very, very, very simple tweet that was sent out by former WWE and Sanity leader Eric Young. Referring to, oh, it was kind of like saying, I don't remember verbatim what it was, but it was like, it was a tweet that he sent out saying, oh, looks like you're finally resi- ready to get rid of that mask. Maybe it's a little time to bring some sanity back into your life. And then it's noted that Killian Dane is still a free agent. And I think the other guy's name is Alec Wolf, if I remember correctly, is also a free agent. So with the success that Sanity had in the Triple H run NXT, could this be a faction that WW or that Triple H brings back in to be the counterpart of Judgment Day? The one woman, the three wrestlers, the one that really doesn't do much and lets the other two do all the damage. Um so just something that, you know, a little something I thought of. I'm like, right. wait a minute. Like, yeah, and, these and guys aren't anywhere. Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. have had a history. Yes, they have. Yes, so they have. I can see that happening very much. Um, speaking of Nikki A.S.H., um, it wasn't brought up on the episode of Raw, but it was pointed out in something that I'd seen um, online. She has got a, I'm not going to say a big milestone, but a a career achieving milestone that has been met that as of right now, no other WWE woman or female wrestler can ever do. She's challenged whether she won or lost. She has been in a title match for every match a woman is eligible to be in. Um, She wrestled for the Raw Championship. She wrestled for the SmackDown Championship. Um, She wrestled for the UK NXT Championship, the Women's NXT Championship. She was tag team champions with Alexa Bliss. Um, She was Miss Money in the Bank um, briefcase winner. And then she most recently challenged with Dewdrop for the women's NXT tag team titles. So that's one of those I call quote unquote ESPN stats where you get somebody that is batting 382 against a left handed hitter on a day game that started after 4 o'clock where the sun's going to set between 6 and 617 on a right. Tuesday of the odd week of the even month stats. But. That's what that is. Um, we we know that Extreme Rules is the next um, pay-per-view. Not sure what a lot of people thought, but in many people's eyes, Clash at the Castle 
could have could be right now the best pay per view so far this year. Well, there I pulled up an article. I didn't notice it myself, but there were five mistakes that this article says were made at Clashed Castle. The first one, you made Karrion Cross make the trip across the quote-unquote pond or the Atlantic Ocean to sit ringside with Scarlett yeah. during the Drew McIntyre-Roman Reigns match. Throw a paper cup at him. It, it's... It's not like you, they showed them there the entire match or anything. Um, you should have done something more with Karen Cross. You can bring him all the way over to Wales. The next big mistake they made was a question. Why did the show end with Tyson Fury singing? What the uh, fuck was uh, that about? I mean... If you wanted him to be involved, then you had him involved. He punched Austin Theory in the face. And that's it. Why did you bring him in the ring? To sing a song. Um, this one, I don't know, you may or may not agree with. Um, but it said the women's match that kicked off Clash the Castle went too long. Should have been shorter. Um... I don't remember exactly. Actually, I could probably look it up real quick. How long that match was? I don't. I don't ever get the. I don't think I ever had the feeling that it was too long of a match. Um, I don't know what you thought. No, I didn't think it was too long of a match either. And As a matter of fact, I thought it was probably the right amount of time. No, eighteen minutes and forty-four seconds. Eh. That match went 18 minutes? Yeah. And 44 wow. seconds. So, maybe yeah, maybe it was too long then. Um, maybe. Oh, come on. For the love of God. I fucking... <laughs> About to see a meltdown. Um, oops. Nope, nope. See, wrong fucking article. Okay, come on, phone. Come on, please go slower. It's only live. Um, and the other one was um, two things in reference to it being at Cardiff, Wales. One was not a single person from the UK actually won their match. Or anybody. I mean, there was none of them. And then the other was what they consider the biggest mistake was Drew McIntyre losing in his home country. Um, I mean, a lot of people, even I originally, um, thought that when it was announced that they were going to fight in Wales, I was like, oh. I was not, when it first came out, I was 90% certain that it was going to be a, a Drew McIntyre win. And it wasn't yep. until it got closer that I'm like, well, wait a minute. Just hit two years with the Universal title. I don't see them taking the title off him. That's when at the last minute I decided to go Roman. Um, but yeah. Um, so now. Can you get into a little really quickly here? 
AEW talk. Um, not sure what you know, Trip. I don't know if you even pay attention to AEW news or even care about AEW news. But when your main competitor, meaning when WWE's main competitor has the issue that's going on now happen, to me it's big news and you got to know about it. Um, after their widely um, promoted, successful all-out paper that just had this past Sunday, um, they did an after, I don't know if they were doing an after-the-show press conference deal thing like WWE did after Clash at the Castle. Um, but Mr. CM Punk um, spouted out a, a pipe bomb. He did a full-on WWE sit-on-the-stage microphone, cut down the entire company from owner down to bellboy, did the exact same thing with AEW. Except the main difference is, is the people that he cut down at AEW wasn't going to take his bullshit. And there was a confrontation backstage, which led to an all-out fist fight. Chairs were thrown. Um, a producer that's specifically there because of CM Punk bit Kenny Omega. Um, like I said, a chair got thrown at one of the Jacksons, one of the one of the young bucks. It's also being reported that CM Punk in this ballyhoo, whatever you want to call it, tore his pec muscle, and it, you know is now not going to be able to defend the title that he just won back after getting his ass kicked a week and a half ago. Um. There have been suspensions laced down. There were actually backstage members that I guess got suspended because they didn't step in quick enough to break this whole thing up. Um, and it is being rumored that CM Punk and uh, what I don't remember this other guy, the producer, I don't remember his name. Um, let's see if I can find it here real quick. Um, anyways, um, that's, yeah, oh, no, that's, no, um, but whatever his name is, um, quite possibly could have been fired from AEW, and that we'll know tonight as to what's going on, um, Some people think, because MJF made his quote-unquote surprise return at All Out, they had some casino ladder match or something where the final competitor was the Joker, and he's always in a mask, and you never know who he is until the match is over. Um, well, the WWE superstar, formerly known as Michael Bibbins, was brought, came in with two guys, um took out, like, the last two competitors. He climbed, grabbed this big casino token, and then the Joker came down, he handed the token to him, and then the guy never revealed himself at that point. 
Later in the night after the match of Moxie and CM Punk, the Joker came down and it was revealed that it's MJF. So some people are looking at this that maybe it's a work because, you know, hey, MJF created a lot of, you know, talk and chatter. Um, but I just think it goes to show why WWE never had any interest at all in bringing back Phil Brooks. Because Phil Brooks cares about one person, one person only, and that's himself. Doesn't care about, you know, doesn't care about anybody else or anything else. It's, if it's not all about him 200%, then he's going to bitch and whine and cry about it. And that's exactly what he's doing in AEW. So yeah. if Tony Khan can afford to just fire him and get rid of him, I think his company is going to be a hell of a lot better off. I was just about to say, I think this is the last we've seen of CM Punk. I might actually watch AEW tonight. You know what they say about the, uh, for the fallout with that. Yeah, I mean, he was successful with WWE and got hated by everybody. He was yep. never, ever accepted into the UFC crowd. They hated him from day one. Right. Um, and he rubbed a lot of people wrong in AEW. And I think now he's gotten to the point as to where... You know what, maybe maybe he decides to try and go and do indie shows and stuff like that to try and make payday, but... Right. Yep. Uh, Raphael joins us. Thank you for tuning in, Raphael. He swore at us again, Greg. Call this gentleman. Oh, okay. Oh, he said, hey, gentlemen, and you too, Greg, LOL. So he wasn't calling me a gentleman. He was just swearing at you and you alone. Ha <laughs> good no. man. Um, but that's what I've got for Nuggies News today. Trib, what's going on with Indies? All right. Uh, well, first of all, Morgan uh, Hawk sends us a message that I think John Moxley should go at it with Sting. And I really don't think Punk's going out, but we'll get into that after my Indie report. Um, we have September 10th, Tough and Talented Wrestling in Torrington, Connecticut, their one-year anniversary. Uh, I believe they're off their Tough and Talented Hall of Fame induction ceremony that night with um, with Bull Dread and Slick Wagner Brown getting inducted. And uh, also September 10th, Northeast Wrestling, Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Bethany Town Hall. Matches that have been signed so far are Matt Tavin versus Flip Gordon, the victorious BRG, Never really heard of him. We'll go against Connecticut's own Ron Zombie. And a tag team match. Luke, um, Lucas Chase. The Brick City Boys. And Jay Hero Versus Mortar. Greg Baller. Lorenzo Vendetta. And RJ Rude. That should be a real good match. We also have Shut Up and Wrestle. On September 11th. It's a tag team match called The Mission versus Bull Dread and a mystery partner. So it's going to be interesting to see who he has as a mystery partner. Also, September 11th, North Wrestling will be at the North Haven Fair. It is a free event with purchase with a purchase into the fair itself. You know, you pay to get into the fair, you can watch the North Haven Wrestling Show free. And... Former WWF superstar Fandango will be oh. making an appearance uh, that day at the North Haven Fair. Oh, that's cool. 
And also the final one, PAPW presents Wild Wild Wrestling 2 at the Cadillac Ranch in Southington, Connecticut. They're featuring a 15-woman battle royal. Now, I don't know exactly the specifications, or not the specifications, uh, the, um, the spoils to the victor, so to speak, because I don't recall PAPW having a women's champion. I don't know if they're going to crown a women's champion for the winner of the battle royal or what, but we'll get more detail on that uh, as, as the, the time gets closer. But, uh, yeah, it's like I said, September 11th. It is a free event. Fandango's going to be there. It should be interesting. Uh, a lot of people will probably uh, watch the match for him. He is a you know, bona fide WWE superstar. He was tagged. He was a tag team with Tyler Breeze. So should be an interesting show for Northeast Wrestling at the North Haven Fair. Yeah, it should be. And that is my indie report for Wednesday, September 7th. Michael, how does a team have the bases loaded in the bottom of the 11th at home, not score. How pathetic of a fucking offense is that? Against the Minnesota Twins. Oh my God. Bases loaded, no outs. And you can't score. And then, of course, in the top of the 12th, they've allowed a run. So now they're down 4-3. to three. Anyways, back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes, uh, Morgan Hawk says, do you think, what do you think of Roman who beat Drew and Dominic's betrayal of his father? Well, uh, I don't necessarily think it's as much as Dominic betraying his father, because, I mean, well, maybe I guess you can kind of say he did because he clotheslined him. So, yeah, I guess you could say it's a betrayal, because he kicked, I mean, he kicked Edge so hard that I think Edge's testicle fell out his nose. Um... Kicked him so hard that his shoe flew off. <laughs> I mean, that's a, you know. Um, but as far as Roman won winning, I mean, they just don't have anybody, in my opinion, they don't have any built up enough that they think can carry the company yep. as, as the face of the company, as the champion, as they do right now. So they're going to keep the belt on Roman. And when they find somebody, it'll be time for Roman to lose. Morgan's full of questions tonight. He says, here's what I don't understand. Why is Dominic in the ring and not his sister? Ray knows his daughter would love to be in his spot. But why he don't bring her in the ring, I don't understand. Because she's not a trained wrestler. Right. As far as I know, I don't think she's gotten any real wrestling training. Yep. I mean, she's got some formal training and she's been at the PC you know, for six, seven months, you know, honing her skills and everything, then, you know, maybe get her in the ring, see what she can do. Oh, my but God. Right Mike, she'd, she'd be eaten and chewed up and spit out like a pack of skull by Rhea Ripley. I mean, Rhea Ripley would eat her for lunch and leave the leftovers for dinner and breakfast the next day. I mean, we're, we're not talking, you know, a, you know, a smaller, a Dana Brooke or... I mean, even Alexa Bliss. I mean, Rhea Ripley could would seriously be able to hurt this young girl. Now, even though she's not in the ring and she's not a wrestler, do you see her getting involved in this somewhere along the line? Why? Where's why? If you know, that, 
for what? I mean, why? Why would you put her in this storyline all of a sudden? Hold on, hold on. Just a second, I have a... I mean, if you're going to do anything, you're going to use an experienced wrestler, somebody who has the strength and the size. Look at Trip trying to waddle. Look at that guy. Jesus. Um, you're you're going to get Beth Phoenix involved, if anything. Because um, it's, it's not only Ray against Judgment Day, but it's Edge against Judgment Day. And, uh, you know, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Beth Phoenix versus Finn, Damian, and Rhea is a much more, you know, a, a match much more worthy of being seen than, well, I think her name is Aaliyah Mysterio with yes. Edge and Dominic. I, I mean, more food? Oh, uh, yeah, I apologize for that, folks. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I heard what Greg said, and I, I definitely agree with that, because uh, she'll get her real bad. And, you know, I mean, let's just leave Dominic to feud with his father, see what kind of feud it's going to be, see how long it's going to go, you know, see if the WWE Universe can get behind the feud. So... But yeah, I also read uh, somewhere today on our, on our page that WWE has announced the Royal Rumble is January 28th at in San Antonio, Texas. Yep. Okay. It was rumored for it's been rumored for months that it was going to be in San Antonio. And once again, it's on a Saturday, so Yep. And I just I mean, you know, come out Acknowledge the crowd, they go back in, but I just hope they don't make a whole big thing being in San Antonio bringing Shawn Michaels out and, you know, everything else. So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see Braun Strowman on SmackDown Friday and see what he's going to do, um, see what his intentions are, and see when he's going to come out. I mean, is he going to make an appearance if Roman's doing a promo or if McIntyre's in the ring or um, Karen A. Cross is in the ring and then he's going to show up. Well, it's gonna be, I don't know, you're referring to thing. Braun Strowman again? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it, it, it'll be something quite honestly, I think it'll be something that we, we saw on Monday Night Raw where he'll just come out during a match. Maybe it'll be another tag team match. Um, maybe it'll be stupid enough and be the same four matches in a, you know, contenders match. Um, and then he comes out and flattens everybody and then roars and and leaves again. Um, I don't think we're going to, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where, oh, you know, he's back and he's going after this. I think they're, they just want to bring him back, establish him as the monster among men and just destroying anything and everything in his path with no real set destination. Are you okay? Yeah, I knocked my trash can over. So wait till the fucking show is over. I mean, you're all... Sorry, folks. (laughs) You know? I mean, Jesus. It's not like we're live on the air or anything and everything you do is seen on camera. (laughs) Yeah, so I agree with that because I just want to see, you know... 
when when they think the right time is to bring back to bring up Ron Stroman on Friday night and you know what he's going to do because when I saw him, he, he he's in great shape. Yeah, he's huge. And and he's, they're bringing him to SmackDown this Friday. I don't know what you mean by you're going to yeah. sit and wait to see when they're going to bring him on a Friday night. He'll he'll no, be there this Friday. Oh, oh, okay. All right. That's what I mean. When they're going to bring him out during the show. In the beginning, in the middle, in the end. Who's going to be in the ring? We don't know. Right. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what he's going to do and... You know, like you said, the monster among monsters is back, and he'll see he'll see everybody on Friday, which I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing what's up with him. So, but yeah, you know, like we said, uh, there's nothing going on right now with uh, Extreme Rules. If all we know is it's going to be October the eighth, I have not right. heard a destination. I don't know where it's going to be from. Um, it is from, it's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Wells Fargo Center. Okay, Philadelphia. You don't, you don't remember the vignettes during the last paper with Paul Heyman saying it's time to bring Extreme back to Philly? They only did three of them. Oh, uh, most of, uh... And actually one during Monday Night Raw, but that's all right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was good to see Braun Strowman back. I'm waiting to see to see if and when Bray Wyatt will be back, and what he's going to do, what character he's going to have. I think it would be a lot. I think it would be a lot better for the WWE universe and Bray Wyatt if he does come back again as the Fiend. See, I don't. I I disagree. I don't think. Well, maybe for Braun Strowman's. Um, maybe better for Braun Strowman that Bray Wyatt brings back the Fiend character because if he comes back as the quote unquote either either other another thing that I had read is that because uh, Eric Rowan is still a free agent and he hasn't signed a contract yeah he's made appearances at AEW Impact ROH and other places but he doesn't have a like a, a set contract he's kind of doing an appearance. Um, that Bray Wyatt and Eric Rome would come back and Bray Wyatt would be back as the Eater of Worlds and we'd have a reunion of the Wyatt family. No, you're, I, I don't want, for Braun Strowman's sake, I don't want that, don't need that, don't have to have it. Right. If Bray Wyatt comes back, let him come back as the Fiend or whatever character you want to say The Fiend has now evolved into that horned mask thing that they showed that he had um, yep. after The Fiend got, you know, burnt down nothingness or whatever you want to do. Right. Indie um, uh, wrestler Greg Sparks is watching. Greg's known as Grappling Greg. Thanks for tuning in. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think The Fiend would be welcome back by the WWE universe, very, very loudly with a reception. Yes, I think I agree. I really do. Uh, it was sad when he got released. I was shocked when he got released. But you know, now that Triple H is in charge and he's making all the decisions and bringing people back, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, 
The Fiend, maybe before Extreme Rules. Not, uh, not sure. I mean, if they bring him back before then, okay. If they bring him back after then, I'm good with that too. As long as they bring him back, I'd love to see him in the ring again. Man, there was, there was an, an informal poll on uh, one of the wrestling creators that I follow on TikTok that said who will make their face, whose face will be seen in the ring first. Um, Bray Wyatt, and then it's in in parentheses, The Fiend, or Sasha Banks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 48% him and 52% her. So. Well, I think in my, in my opinion... I think if they're gonna do, if they're gonna decide who's gonna come back first, I think it's gonna be Sasha Banks, her and Naomi, only because of the women's tag team titles now but, up and running. But you know, right now you have Raquel and Ali as the champs, and Io and Dakota as their challengers. What's the storyline that you bring? Oh, we got next. We got winners. Yeah, I mean, is that some kind of storyline? You, you know what I mean. Back. You just—I I think you need something where, you know, I mean, maybe Raquel and Aaliyah win on Monday, um, and go on a little bit of a run um, as tag team champions. Either that, or I mean, obviously, ideally. You have a heel tag team with the titles. And maybe you give Dakota and EO a, a little run here and go through Survivor Series-ish with the titles. Um, and then at day one next year, they decide to uh, bring Sasha and Naomi back for that. I don't know. Right. So, I mean, eventually they'll be back. It's just when. And who are they going to put them in a program with? So, in order to build their, in order to build them up for a shot at the title, well, I, can, uh, I, I don't I think you, I don't think you need to build up Sasha Naomi for a title. They step in the building; they're they're already elevated for a title. You don't have to build them up for anything. I mean, build up the feud. Like if they get into a feud with uh, Dakota and Eo Sky, let's say Dakota and Eo Sky win the title. And then Sasha and Naomi come back, and they they get an altercation with the two. Build that up to maybe one or two matches, and then throw them into the title match. No, I mean I, I, know they, I don't think you need to do that. I honestly don't. I think the moment if and when Sasha and Naomi reappear at the WWE ring, their next match is a title match. They don't have to build up anything. I mean, okay. they were the champions. Then they they walked out and they, you know, got stripped. And that that's the other part. You got to make it. You you got to kind of have something make sense as to why they're all of a sudden coming back. So yeah. maybe the storyline isn't as. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the storyline isn't as, you know. Straight and narrow as it is, maybe there's a little a, a weavy, windy road um, that they need to, you know, get over some potholes, some bridges without, you know, rungs and, you know, through pricker bushes and things to, to earn their spots back. I don't know. I just, I, I just think WWE, it would be, the audience would be so 
excited to see them back that they wouldn't have to go through all those hoops. Um, but maybe they'll have to. Who knows? And I think it's going to be a hell of a pop from the crowd when they come back, too. I mean, especially for Sasha, because Sasha, Sasha gets a huge pop, whether she's a heel or a face. I mean, they just, they just love her tremendously. So definitely looking forward to seeing the two of them come back and uh, get thrown right into the title picture. That would be that would be really good. So, anyway. All right, Greg, anything else? Uh, I mean, yes and no, but no and yes, so. Go right ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying, I could sit here and talk wrestling till 9 o'clock tonight, but. Now, AEW is on at what time tonight? 8 o'clock? Yep. All right, I'm definitely going to check that out and oh. see what the, uh, See what the ramifications are going to be because I didn't see it. You sure you're going to be able to stay up for another 54 minutes? Oh, yeah. We're going to have something to eat after we get done here. I, don't fall, I have yet to fall asleep eating, so I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. So, uh. <clears throat> but yeah, I understand also, you know, getting off the subject of WWE, but it has something to do with WWE because it's Pat McAfee. Yes, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Signing to be with college football, I believe, ESPN? Yep. ESPN game day. Full time, which is good. Congratulations to him. Yeah, it'll be for the, you know, basically the next four months. Um, He won't be able to be at SmackDown. Um, And that turns out to be another reason why he left SiriusXM because contractually, I don't think he can work for both ESPN and SiriusXM without working for ESPN Radio. But if you're with ESPN Radio, you can't be on Mad Dog Sports, which is where his Pat McAfee show is broadcast through SiriusXM. So you kind oh, of okay. tie it all in together and now, you know, more understandable. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, but, you know, like I said, congratulations to Pat McAfee. And, uh, you know, with his football background, I believe he'll do pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just yeah. I'm wondering what they're going to – I mean, is Corey Graves going to do double duty and do Monday Night Raw and SmackDown? Um, I mean, what I mean, what, what, what are they going to do? I, I mean – Excuse me. I know. And I like Corey Graves and Byron Saxon and Raw going back and forth with each other. That is, uh, that's hilarious every time I hear the two of them. That Jimmy Smith or whatever his name is, I, yep. I could do without him. He's kind of cut and dry for me. Well, he's, uh, he's, he's the, he's not the color commentators. That's Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. He's the play-by-play. Right. So he doesn't have, I mean... Um, Pat Summerall and John Madden were only Pat and Summerall and John Madden because of John Madden. You know, Pat Summerall was okay, but when you throw in John Madden, he was great. It was incredible. Yep. Yeah, we were talking about that in the work today, how he had his telestrator and his, yeah. you know, John Madden was making a mess of the screen and everything else, and I thought it was pretty funny. But uh, you had mentioned before and during the show that nobody from the UK had won their match. At uh, Clash of the Castle. Right. Um, didn't Gunther win? Huh? He's from 
Who's the one? He's from the UK, isn't he? No, he's not. He's Austrian. Oh. Okay. What the? I mean, at first I thought he was German, but then I corrected myself at one point and said he's Austrian. I don't know what made you think with his accent that he has that he was from the UK. I, I just didn't realize that. And I also read somewhere that uh, he wants to come. He wants to take his Walter name back. No, I, they, okay. I, mean, I don't think it doesn't matter at this point. Whether he's Walter or Gunther or no. Joe Schmo, I think he's still. Uh, I think he's, he's proven to be a pretty good IC champion right now. Yeah. I know Ciampa is supposed to be getting Tommaso back, as well as Austin Theory got his name back, and obviously Matt Riddle got his name back. Um, yep. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's good to have those guys with their names back. If you would, just with their last names, I don't know. To me, it didn't do anything for me. Right. You know, maybe it was just something they wanted to try, but, you know, it's, it's nice to have their, their full name, you know. Yeah. Don't call Rhea Ripley. Oh, here she is, Ripley. You know that that wouldn't have uh, that wouldn't went over good. I'm just glad that uh, they're giving no, but, them their full name. Yeah, you know, I mean he was. I mean you you kind of go both ways. I mean some of your top um, women, Bailey is just Bailey. Charlotte's just Charlotte. Um, but I mean you look at the other side. Becky Lynch has always been Becky Lynch. Sasha Banks has always been right. Sasha Banks. So you know, right. You know, Batista was always Batista. Right. <clears throat> so, but yeah, it's going to be, um, like I said, it's definitely going to be interesting on Friday night SmackDown to see Braun Strowman again, see what he's going to do, see how he's going to, see how WWE is going to, you know, work him into some kind of um, program with somebody. Yeah. Uh, has... As, uh, I, I usually ask this once in a while, and I'm curious, and it just popped into my head right now. Have you heard anything more about Lacey Evans? No. I, I watched a uh, video today that said uh, these wrestlers have lost um, so much already with Vince being gone, and it had, like, it showed Akira Tozawa, Reggie, um, R-Truth, Lacey Evans, Veer Mahan, and Omos said these six wrestlers have already lost everything with Vince McMahon being gone. And I responded, and I was like, well, Veer Mahan, Reggie, and Lacey Evans have been in the witness protection program since well before Vince got fired, or Vince retired. So. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, that, uh, I mean, I never really noticed that, you know, they weren't around. I mean, I knew if our truth wasn't around because our truth is, you know, funny as hell. The 77-10, 24-7, champion, but, uh... But he so. was never really wrestling for it anyways. He was always some other comedic portion of that stupid title. Right. And there was, uh, <clears throat> there was some speculation <clears throat> that Triple H was thinking about getting rid of that title. Yeah. But, I mean, I uh, I don't even know who the champion is. Still yep. Okay. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, as far as the women's tag team goes, I really don't want to see uh, um, what the hell's her name? T- uh, 
Tamina and Natalia, let them go on their own ways. I mean, if they left tomorrow, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me one bit. Natalia, maybe, because Natalia's been a mainstay and been, you know, uh, Tamina has been too. But we see, I think we see Natalia more than we see Tamina. Oh, I and when that when I was watching WWE Legends uh, this past Sunday. I never knew that Freddie Prince Jr. used to be a writer for WWE. Yeah. I never knew that. Yep. So, but yeah, I watched that on this uh, on Sunday with the WrestleMania one, and you know, a lot of them said it perfectly. You know, if it wasn't for WrestleMania one, WWE wouldn't be where it is. So, but with that being said. Uh, I believe that, uh, is there anything else you're going to say, Greg? Talk no. right up. Speak right up. No, like I said, I mean, I could sit here and talk until, you know, till you fall asleep on live on camera. But no, I mean, <laughs> if they, if there's nothing else specific that I wanted to talk about. Okay. All right, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for your questions and comments. Uh, they're greatly appreciated. And uh, so on behalf of the Nugster Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying thank you all very much for tuning in, and we'll catch you on Sunday. That's right, if you didn't know, this was another episode of Top Rope Report. Tune in Sunday where we'll give you our SmackDown recap.